Thanks for joining us this week, and welcome to Mutuality Matters, a weekly podcast hosted by CBE International, where our mission is to promote the biblical message that God calls women and men of all cultures, races, and classes to share authority equally in service and leadership in the home, church, and world. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Global Impact Team with Mimi Haddad and Kimberly Dixon. We will again look at the impact of egalitarian theology on human flourishing from leaders serving around the world to learn from them and be encouraged by egalitarian theology and its life-saving work. This week, we are honored to continue our interview with Dr. Vandana Kant to hear the second half and the impact of the work that she and her team are doing in North India with Emmanuel Hospital Association in their community health and development projects. Sit back and enjoy. So for the five years, the project that we did, we did it on you know women's empowerment, self-help group, literacy, and income generation programs, skills. But we realized that still uh, the women were hurting. Mm-hmm. So we realized that there was a lot of mental health issues in terms of gender-based violence that was going or violence against women. Mm-hmm. So all the good things that we know we were trying to do were just going down the drain. So we re- re- realized that we can't just do any uh, you know programs just straight on, just look, we just can't duplicate the program. So Actually, the Lord had to become our project director and he started leading us <laughs> projects and programs. Amen. So we devised different ways and we started going house to house looking for the hurt and the injured. So uh, now saying that, how do we know that the mental health issues are increasing in the community? So we saw through the statistics of women trying to attempt suicides. So that increased a lot in our um, community. That showed in our data in ICU, that is called intensive care units, where a lot of women with attempted suicide started coming in uh, with uh, organ of phosphorus poisonings because we are, you know, of a place with agrarian society. We have land, so you know, the, the we have pesticides. So or the women were dying in front of the train or they were you not know, attempting suicide by hanging. So they so were what, using the pesticides to poison themselves, the, just yes, that you could yes, find yes, on the farms. Yeah, which was okay. easily available at homes. So okay. we tried to find out exactly what is happening with the women here. So I just tell you the, the study that we did. So what was happening is there was no uh, love and respect. And so the violence was quite huge the early age at marriage because the girls were becoming mothers at quite an early age like 16 17 15 so they were mm-hmm. not able to take because they were themselves their children so it was mm-hmm. so difficult for them to take care of the family or their husbands and the you know elaborate house and on top of that dowry dowry demands of dowry and at the same time this alcohol abuse substance abuse and the beatings that were going on and the gender roles is also not see the violence is not always from the men but it could be also from elderly like mother-in-law the father-in-law or extended family so we we saw that the women were not able to cope up and women were going for anxiety and depression so and so what we had to do is, and also the families which had more than, we found out that any family which had more than two girl child, 
were becoming you know uh, having lot of issues in that family so we started so i just want to ask you so the reason when they had more than two girl children as a family you just briefly mentioned dowry but as a family they would think i have to marry these girls which means i have to give a dowry and i can't afford it especially if i have more than two girls so they see these girls as a liability that will impoverish them forever and then that comes out as abuse towards the children towards the girls is that right yes yes very sorry to say that so this is the truth and uh, and you know if you have four kids and out of that if you have two daughters and two boys so they will never count girls so if mm-hmm. you go and ask in the village how many children they will say only two and then mm-hmm. we will see the girls you know these are not counted so they are a big liability in terms of uh, uh, nutrition in terms of their marriage so what's the whole point of teaching them when they have to go and get married so if you marry them early the dowry is less but as oh. the age goes the dowry increases so there was this huge patterns of these things so we realized that if we have to work on these um, you know if the hurting we have to start intervening and designing strategies around that mm-hmm. so our so what we did is we started and we also realized it's the god showed this idea of that you can't just do it only with women and girls you have to involve men and boys so we started forming these task force groups in every village so we started with t- four men and four women from each village and they and we had to train them over a period of 3 to 4 years and i'm so happy to say that that is in particular block where we we had been working since 2014 uh, the, a great change has been seen and the men and the boys are also supporting because for low value of girl child now we have seen the age at marriage there has increased from 14 to now it has gone to 18 and above there are wow. girls very yeah, beautiful excellent god is a god of encouragement and a god of hope so amen ladies i have seen <laughs> now i am also so proud to say kim you would be so happy to hear and also me that we started training these girls for nursing and today mm-hmm. in our dunkan hospital out of this local communities 14 girls are uh, working as nurses oh, three man. girls are working I have goosebumps I'm so excited it's wonderful <laughs> oh. I'm sorry I interrupted you keep going <laughs> yes and you know what the new strategy now we have started working in the new strategy now the family so when we started these girls started working in our hospital as nurses wow what a beautiful thing that had happened and the community started seeing oh this is possible our girls can do well because when they come they see these girls taking care giving them iv taking deliveries so now more and more families are started taking i asked mm. them to take loan this time not for dowry but for your girl child and see a change mm. and uh. lot of lot of things are uh. just it's so beautiful kim if ever and many if you would come here you'd be so they would be also so happy to see you also this is a great phenomenon and happen and in the right time we get the resources so what i'm saying is this whole chdp projects uh, what you've seen earlier and today what it is god has designed in his ways and in his time and we have now today also a psychiatrist in our hospital because of the mental health project we started so eha central office decided to send the psychiatrist here because we Woo! already had a uh, mental health plan because yeah. we don't have much psychiatrist in the whole of district we don't have psychiatrist okay 
So now that's what I remember that it was so hard to access any type of mental health. So the fact that you have a psychiatrist working there is miraculous. Miraculous. And and actually, Dr. Vandana, some of the stories you're sharing with us illustrate so powerfully what humanitarians have argued for many, many years is that unless you elevate the status of girls and women, your humanitarian goals just do not move forward. And I I just can't thank you enough for bringing texture, human faces and stories to this as a doctor and a leader in medicine. But I I have a question about what has informed you most as a, a professional, as a woman, as a Christian, what has informed you most about the equality and value of women uh, in your community and in your work? Okay, so uh, okay, so I, I would say that uh, I just want to tell you all that uh, uh, we were three daughters, and in, the, in a time when uh, the boys were counted, even in our time, but I want to really say that my mom uh, shaped a great uh, shaped us what today I am because she also came out of her own village she fought the system and she came here in Patna itself and uh, she became a nurse and she's the one who raised three girls as she would have raised the boys my father was mostly absent but I saw her uh, the way she worked in home, the way she worked as a very good person or a nurse in our hospital. And so I really want to say that my mom really was one of the person who helped me shape what I am today. And though we were always, uh, we, we, we were told that it's such a waste that we three girls, uh, we are three girls and uh, what a waste uh, that your mother had three cesarean sections and a waste that all three girls and we we grew up hearing we don't have brothers it's such a shame you don't have brothers but my parents they never uh, made us feel that uh, we were different and today I have two daughters and uh, people do ask me you don't have any boys but the same thing uh, and uh, that I like I tell them if it if they had been boys they would have been raised the same way as these my two daughters are Hmm. so so that's something that I would like to share in my uh, that helped me you know shape that what I am and my daughters are going to be today and also my two sisters are doing quite well in their own fields and uh, so I have great examples to share from my own life Mm -hmm. saying that uh, saying that um, I have seen very closely uh, in uh, Uthrala which uh, Kim was mentioning uh, the uh, how the the life of women uh, pregnant women and the and the women who had no uh, you know they came with just two or three gram hemoglobin or they came with mm-hmm. ruptured uterus or you know or they came or they never came actually uh, so I was really traumatized to see a very different kind of you know uh, value of human life so that actually also shaped my uh, future direction to do public health rather than to go into some other um, specialist uh, degree which my friends used to say that public health is not the right field because it's not a good earning 
uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. earning degree. But I knew exactly. Uh, so it was God who actually helped me to come into public. And I'm sure so happy that I took that. And saying that, I also had uh, very clear dreams and visions, uh, especially for uh, women uh, with trafficking. So uh, I've seen girls and women very clearly. Uh, and, and God showed me seven to eight years before. But today we have a very good program which rescues girls from brothels. Uh, minors so we have been able to rescue about five to six girls from brothels and because God very clearly showed that uh, my daughter who was uh, uh, there was this when a great uh, earthquake uh, came in this place and that was that particular night uh, I had this very vivid dream of seeing my own daughter in a brothel and she was uh, calling me mama please come and save me and uh, I want to go, but I'm not able to go. But by the time I go there, she just tells one thing. You came late, mommy. Uh, you could have saved me, but you you became late. And I saw my daughter dying. And oh. that was so real, so real. And uh, uh, that it took some five minutes to actually understand that whether it was dream or it was a reality. And by the time I thought it's reality, oh my God, thank you, Lord. That it's my not, It's just a dream, but... Got short, but that was someone else's daughter mm-hmm. or someone else's sister. And so, so God showed me those areas. So we are now working with uh, child labor, women with trafficking and women with attempted suicides. And also there was this huge, uh, this violence. And uh, there was this one particular lady whom I was very close with. She was a case of gender-based violence, violence at home and uh, and uh, she wanted to have the house so she stayed put with her abusive husband so so many times we had asked her to move out but she just wanted to stay put for the house so that her children would can inherit that house and one particular day she she was murdered and uh-huh. um, and uh, nothing nothing came up the husband uh-huh. is moving freely in the community still today he is moving freely in the community. oh my goodness okay of life at so that all these things made me think if I had to design and do anything, I had to do programs for the women and the girls. So for the women's, we are moving towards skills, upgrading skills. And but my focus is especially towards young adults and girls, because what I see is because of her change in her skills, her attitude, the whole generation is changing. And uh, yeah, so so that's how my whole power relations. And also I realize and I know that and I, I I can say that it is if we have to change the attitude we also have to include men and boys uh, so mm-hmm. we have started also in involving them uh, mm-hmm. in our uh, and it's 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 bringing a lot of good uh, outcomes for our community yes. well it it shows how men and women can work together in community and should and, and should and it actually, I think, I think, you know, men often live in this world of privilege that they don't even know to question. And so when they're working with you, they get a whole new perspective and they can end up being the huge change for the future of girls in your community. So I, I do love that it's focused on both the men and the women, the girls and the boys. Exactly. It's just gorgeous. And it reminds us of Genesis 
chapter one, where we were initially in a world without sin called to oversee and care for the world as partners, as equals. There were no, you know, demeaning of, through roles or authority. It was, it was, it's just kind of a reflection of returning to a place where God intended men and women to be. So. Yeah. CBE International presents Women in Scripture and Mission. God ordered Abraham to listen to Sarah as she orchestrated her family's destiny. Though Abraham had other wives and children, God fulfilled his covenant promise through Sarah, saying, I will bless her and she will give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Genesis 17:16. Accordingly, God changed her name to mean chief or princess in Hebrew. Learn more at Radio women.org. So Dr. Vandana, you have shared some amazing stories. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, my next question is to ask you, what changes have you seen as a product (laughs) of your work? And you've been telling so many stories. I keep breaking out in goosebumps because I get so excited about all of the great things that you're seeing. She needs to Um, do a book. We need a book. (laughs) That's right. Oh my goodness. So is there something that really stands out um, that you haven't mentioned yet that you might want to talk about? And then, I mean, you've been part of EHA now for over 20 years in and out. Wow. So have you seen, broadly speaking, across the Emanuel Hospital Association's community health and development projects, changes overall in North India and in the poor and the impoverished areas? Yes. So some of the changes that uh, what we have seen is there has been definitely in terms with the uh, women and the girls, I would say that there has been a greater self-confidence and resilience uh, for these uh, young young women and also the adult women. Uh, They have now a voice, a voice Mm -hmm. to the voiceless. So that is something, you know, that has been something great. And at the same time, we have seen improved uh, health indicators. Definitely, there has been improved health indicators in terms of maternal mortality and morbidity, both. And oh, what is, yeah. 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 And then the other thing that what we have seen is that definitely there has been increased age at marriage, which has now gone from, as I said, I had seen a girl at 11 years of age now uh, getting married, and she was so happy about it. She was just looking forward to it because that is the only thing that she thought was something good of her life. So, so, so sorry to say that, but you know, now we have seen an increased age at marriage. There are now more and more girls you can see in schools and colleges, in cycles. And it's so great to see women uh, actually driving two wheelers. So, that mm-hmm. is something which I had not mm-hmm. seen here. Then, uh, it's then so the funny summer. you say that because you're right. In North India, there are very few women that drive the mopeds or the motorcycles. And when we taught our staff to do it because we had to, so they could get to the villages, they were terrified. But once they learned, oh my gosh, they were so proud of themselves. And the girls in the village wanted to be like them. I want to drive a moped like Jotsana. It's just so oh, great. Jotsana. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I know. I know them. <laughs> Jotsana and Prava. Yeah. And uh, we have also now seen improved literacy education. Uh, So that is improved and uh, reduced risk of trafficking 
and our livelihoods. Uh, we have been able to give a lot of livelihoods to uh, in the communities here. And the kind of livelihoods also, what we have done is we do family-based livelihoods. Uh, it's not uh, like a group uh, livelihood, but we have given, uh, we, what we do is we consciously select uh, families uh, who have some kind of, uh, who can do a particular kind of job. And we uh, target them through their criteria of selection, like daily wage laborers or some chronic illness or either of the parent is not there. So we have seen in an increased earnings for the, uh, mm. for the people so that, you know, because until unless the basic uh, needs are met, so it's mm. very difficult mm. to change the attitude and the cultural behavior. There is a hardness in their attitude and behavior, which sometimes is because of the basic needs that are not been met. So... Mm -hmm. How do you change the attitude? So unless if, if you're not eating, if you have, you know, a different, if you don't have income enough. So it's very, it's not easy mm -hmm. to change the attitude. So, so, so this is something I found out that uh, the basic needs are very important to be met. So uh, livelihoods have given those, you know, that skills and more and more women are also coming up and they are doing petty shops in terms of like tea stalls or uh, selling bangles, beauty products, right. and uh, selling eggs. So these are some of the very good things that have happened. And uh, we also started some good um, centers of beautician and tailoring skills. So the, the girls who never went to the schools, so they were taught there. So there is now an increased, uh, as I said, I said, resilience and also um, uh, self-reliance or confidence. On, because even if... Uh, she's been, you know, thrown out of the house or the husband is beating. Uh, mm. So she can still uh, say no to violence and she can still come back and earn. Because what are one of the bigger issues in, in our place is that because the girl is not educated, she does not have any skills. So she has to be totally dependent on and her children have to be totally dependent on that family. So because or her husband. So now they have a voice to actually, you know, uh, do something and come even if it matters come back to their own home because sometimes uh, the 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 girl's family are also not willing to take them in because it's it will be a shame and will be a burden back to them so mm -hmm. this has so changed what you're saying yeah you're saying what we've seen for a long time that when you um give women the power to earn money their status changes and they're no longer fully dependent on a husband or a family and I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. The statistics show that violence against women decreases drastically when women have an education and can earn their own income. So what you're saying is, you know, they were desperate. And I remember seeing this, you know, this, this just complete desperate where they shut down and you can hardly help them mm. and, and they're resistant to it. And you have gone to the root levels of, you know, we need to deal with their survival, <laughs> with their food, with their ability to earn income. And that alone will change their situation as far as violence, as far as respect in the community, their own respect for themselves and their ability to take care of themselves and their children. Yes. And, doc, and Dr. Vandana, you've given us so much texture, so many stories. We will live with these for many, many months. But I am wondering, you know, as you build a future for these communities, not just the girls and women, but their entire family and the neighborhoods that they live in, what are your 
What are your hopes and goals for the future for girls and women? If you could look down the road 20, 30 years. So what I would say is there would be uh, gender equal relations where there will be love and respect for mm -hmm. women as well. And I would just would say that uh, I would see that there would be uh, a good health indicators for both men and women. Right now, the sex ratio is also skewed. And I would see that the coming 30 years, it would be just one is to one rather than 860 to 1000, 860 wow. girls and 1000 men. It will be like one is to one. Mm -hmm. There will be women who will be delivering in our hospitals after 18 or 19, not at <laughs> 16 or 13 or 14. Okay. Amen. So there will be women who will be delivering at the right time. There will be women with, uh, with who will be able to access, you know, um, cancer services. Uh, because uh, of early age at marriage, we see a lot of women with cervical cancers and who just go untreated mm -hmm. and they die young so there will be good services for the cancer this is one of my dreams and visions and i'm talking to various uh, people so in the future we would see that they will not die uh, you know they will die a dignified death mm -hmm. and uh, you'll see there would be it would be a great dream to see all the girls getting into colleges you know and <laughs> getting trained not only in bihar but out of state even abroad Woo! so there will be something for them and uh, especially girl child with disabilities would be able to also pursue their dreams where there will be no fear in their hearts yeah. where they will be mm -hmm. you know as equal as boys mm -hmm. and no one will say that my work is you know the girls because once i heard this comment a girls girls group saying what is your role is there any difference between boys and girls they say no we are the same but mm -hmm. when I asked, what is your role? The girls say, we have to get up and do all these household chores. And what is the role of the boys? That they have to just play in mobiles. So that won't be some. So there will be gender equal relations. Men and women will live in harmony. Men will actually work uh, along with the wives. They will respect them. And the women will love them too. So it will be a harmonious area and workplace. And so that is uh, my, my our dream. And also the men will also stand up for the cause of the women. So this is something that we would like to see in the future. Amen. And may uh, it, from your lips to our prayers to the Lord. Amen. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah. And I am just so honored and deeply grateful uh, to you and to Kim for bringing this context and these stories to our community. And from the bottom of my heart, this is just exceeds all of my expectations, this conversation. And I'm thankful to the Lord for you and your commitment to the little lambs out there in the world. You are their shepherd as Jesus shepherds all of us. So thank you, Dr. Vandana. I look forward to other opportunities where we can engage you in the work that we're doing around the world. And Kim? I just want to, I've been thinking so many times how this has come full circle in the sense that one of our first interviews was with Dr. Alita Bell, and she started this project in Roxell that you are now the director for. And she started it with a broken heart for what was happening in the community and the women and girls. And when I went there at 
18 or 19 for a college pre-med internship, my heart broke and I got a master's in public health and went to Utrala where I met you, where your heart was breaking and you got a master's in public health and you went back to Roxall where Dr. Bell started that project and it is just flourishing and God is blessing you and you have such a vision. It's amazing. I just so thankful we got to talk with you today. Thank you, Vandana. Okay, Kim, so um, I really owe you big time for introducing us to Dr. Vandana. I have, I'm tingling from head to foot and cannot believe what I just heard. I know, I am just to like touched from, I'm, I'm having a hard time not crying after that interview because I am just amazed at what God has done when I think about this little dream that he planted in Dr. Bell's heart in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And what it has become now through mm -hmm. Vandana and her just understanding of who Jesus is that, no, it's not like men or women are worth more than one or the other, but he goes back and he gets the one that's left behind and hurt. And yeah. in, in most of the world, and especially where she's working, that's mm -hmm. women right. and the stories that she could just tell and the impact of loving people in practical ways. Mm. She's a force of nature, but I often notice that with people who are gifted, called by God, filled with the Holy Spirit and following God's heart and God's plan for their life, even when they're unsure as to how it will evolve, but she's a woman of faith, determination. I think a risk taker of the highest order. Yes. Yes. The other thing that has really been hitting me that she said, and I feel like we've been hearing an in interview after interview mm -hmm. is when we ask, you know, what set you on this road? Is there something personally in your life? And mm -hmm. these women all talk about, powerful moms who in the midst of a culture and environment that discriminated against them and their daughters, they stood mm -hmm. tall and promoted their daughters and their daughters mm -hmm. from that had the strength to just be world change makers. Mm -hmm. Amen. And, you know, God is our mother in the most supreme way. And as I think about it, now that you say that, because Actually, this image of the shepherd caring for the lambs, the lamb that went off and is near the cliff, that's really the mother heart of God. And, you know, if you go to the Middle East, you realize that shepherds aren't only male, shepherds are also female. <laughs> you know how it blew my brain, actually, when I was studying Zipporah, Moses' wife, I went, wait a minute, she and her sisters were shepherds. <laughs> We have this like long genre in our Bible of shepherds mm -hmm. and right in the middle of it, we have these women shepherds that nobody ever comments on, but it's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. In fact, Dorothy Irvin, one of the Near East scholars at CBE, she's a Catholic scholar and has a pontifical doctorate, which means she can take you into any uh, Catholic owned archaeological site without permission. She said mm -hmm. that it. Yeah, I know. She's she she jumps into cisterns in the ancient world and reads the in, inscriptions inside there, and that's really a calling, right? And she said there's so many carvings on these these uh, cisterns that 
seem to feature women as shepherds. Mm, that is powerful. Yeah, we need to. Speaking of powerful, I really hope you can talk Dr. Vandana into writing her book. That that would change. That would be such a huge game changer, wouldn't it? I know, but now I just want to get a whole group of us on an airplane and go to Roxal Bihar, <laughs> which honestly, you only go there if God calls you. When she said that she really resisted it, you heard me laugh in the background <laughs> because I did my internship there and I prayed, oh God, I'll go to India, but please don't make me go to Roxal. Like it is not a nice place. But mm. when you're there, the work that's happening is amazing. And right now I want to get a whole plane load of people and take you all there to see what she's doing. Well, maybe we should hold our conference there, huh? Yep, I think that's a great idea. Well, especially when you consider the high rates of HIV and AIDS among women and the way socialization and medicine harmoniously interface to bring change. I, I think that's like a book in itself, you know, following on Susan Howell's book on gender socialization, I am seeing, and even in this interview profoundly, how human socialization plays such a significant role in all of our behaviors. We want to say it's biology, we want to say it's um, theological training, maybe it's all of that, but socialization is more powerful than we imagine, and I love the way she's re-socializing communities through her gospel spirit. Yes. So I just want to say with that, listeners, if you have just heard this second half of the interview, I really want to encourage you to go listen to the first half of the interview because Vandana's stories really, mm -hmm. really bring light to this topic and what we're talking about. So go back Take a long drive, listen to what Vandana has to say, and just let your heart be filled. Yes. And I, go ahead. Yeah. Well, and I thank you, Kim, for bringing uh, some texture and awareness to those who have never been to India. That was powerful. Sit on the beach, listen to this, and ask how God can use you in this movement. Amen. I also want to mention in our show notes, there is a video that has been produ produced uh, with subtitles in German. So I'm not sure who produced it, but it's Vandana speaking to us in English and telling us her story and the work that she's doing. So podcast, you know, is all audio. If you want to see her, uh, she's just magnetic. Go on, go and watch that video and hear a, a summary of what the work is that they are doing with Emanuel Hospital Association and more specifically in the Community Health and Development Projects. Absolutely. Also, yeah, I've also put another link there that is called the India Invisible Girl Child Project. And this is a project that's across India. As Vandana said, there are 860 women to 1,000 men. That is a very, very skewed sex ratio. And it's one, I think it is the worst in the world India is. And so this project specifically addresses that and a lot of what Vandana does is participating with that project. So I encourage you to also go look at that. Amen. Do it. 
So audience, we just, we really want to thank you for joining us today. And we want you to stay tuned to all the new episodes that are coming to you weekly from our incredible teams that look at different ways egalitarian theology is impacting us. And whether it's new authors that are coming out or it's practical tips of how to do this, we encourage you to just go and enjoy these other teams that are talking about mutuality. We also have a new website, so check it out at www.cbeinternational.org. And there you can access the world's largest collection of egalitarian content. That's we largest. That's largest. There's videos, there's audios of past conferences and events. So it's really a treasure trove. Go look. You can subscribe to our blog, our magazines, and our academic journal. Or visit our bookstore, which contains so many talented authors, and new ones are being added every day. These subjects that they write about will enrich your faith and equip you to use your God-given talents in leadership and service to the gospel for all, regardless of gender, ethnicity, or class. Don't forget our radio shows. Yeah, go look at, we're doing Women in Scripture and Mission, 30-second spots on Christian radio, so you could Google women... um, I'm sorry, I just blanked. You can <laughs> you can Google. Um, we just expanded to Spanish, so I have the Spanish in my head, mujerradio.org or radiowomen.org. There's your English version. Go uh, Google that, and you can see highlights on women in scripture and mission. In the meantime, I'm Kimberly Dixon. And I'm Amy Haddad. And we would like to thank Van- Landon, our Woo-hoo. support tech and the team at CBE International that makes this podcast possible. We are Mutuality Matters. Thanks for listening. God bless you all. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed in CBE's Mutuality Matters podcast are those of its hosts and guests and do not purport to reflect the opinions or views of CBE International or its members or chapters worldwide. The designations employed in this podcast and the presentation of content therein do not imply the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of CBE concerning the legal status of any country, area, or territory, or of its authorities, or concerning the delimitation of its frontiers. 